Hey friends, can't wait till Wednesdays to get your Modern Mamas fix. Join us on Patreon. You can choose your tier and when you subscribe, you'll get bonus content, early access to retreat, first peeks at new swag, plus shout outs and even real time monthly virtual hangs with us. Visit patreon.com forward slash modern mamas podcast to check it out and support the podcast. It truly means the world to us. We are so grateful for you and for this community. I love mama. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Modern Mamas podcast. We are two modern mamas here to inspire empowerment, self-love, deep physical and spiritual nourishment, holistic health, open minds, and joy, no matter your journey or perspective. I'm Laura of Radical Roots. I'm a certified CrossFit trainer, certified nutrition consultant, and mama to Evie Wilder and Indy Bow. I love outdoor adventure, good food, especially sourdough, and mindful movement. And I'm Jess of Hold the Space Wellness. I am a level one CrossFit trainer, a licensed and certified athletic trainer with a master's in kinesiology and mama to Baron Camille. I love food, trying new things, creating art and being a perpetual learner. Please note that while we're here to provide advice and insights, we aren't medical practitioners and always recommend that you check with a trusted provider before implementing any changes. Thanks for joining us. We're so happy you're here. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Modern Mamas podcast. I am super, super excited about this recording today. Selfishly, I just really wanted to get Jenny on to talk about all things outdoor time, homeschooling, just the importance, the immense importance of getting kids outside and grownups. And so without further ado, I am so excited to welcome Jenny Urich to the podcast today. Welcome, Jenny. Hi. I want to say hi like you did. When you went hi, I almost went hi back. <laughs> I jumped the gun almost. <laughs> well, that, that, I, I'm, I'm so thrilled to be here, Laura. It's so good to have you. And that means a lot. It means that my hi elicits a response of a hi. <laughs> it must work. <laughs> All right. So Jenny Urich is a Michigan homeschooling mother of five and the founder and CEO of 1000 Hours Outside, which I know most of you have probably heard of. It's been wonderful in my life, very inspiring. It's a global movement, media company, and lifestyle brand intensely focused on bringing back balance between virtual life and real life. She's the host and producer of the extremely popular Thousand Hours Outside podcast, a keynote public speaker, and Zinnia enthusiast. And I had the honor of coming on your podcast to talk all things van life and camping with kids, and that was a joy. Holding a master's degree in education from the University of Michigan, Jenny and her husband, Josh, have been married for over 20 years and are lifelong Michigan... Michiganders. They love raising their five children in the Great Lakes State. Well, 20 years. That's amazing. My husband and I are coming up on 10 next month and that feels big. So I imagine 20 feels pretty, pretty big. (laughs) Yes. I mean, it's a long time, isn't it? Yeah. Would you guys do anything? When, when did you celebrate 20? We actually, we really did do something. Our, our anniversary was in June, but June's a busy month. I think for a lot of people. So we actually took our whole family to Hawaii in March. <laughs> it's something we'd always talked about doing. And really from people that I've been talking to over the past couple of years, we just bit the bullet and did it. And I'm so glad that we did. I mean, you're kind of nervous. Like, is this worth it? Is it worth the expense? Is it worth the time? Is it worth the hassle? And you just can't, you know, you, you, you'll always have those memories. So it was a phenomenal trip. We had a great time. That's amazing. I'm a big core memory enthusiast. I feel like yeah. trips like that. Mm-hmm. I have core memories from my family's trip to Hawaii when I was in element junior high, maybe on the cusp there. My husband and I were married in almost 10 years ago. And when we got married, we were like, we honeymooned in, in Kauai. And we were like, we are going to five year, 
five year anniversary. We're coming back. And then I was like, oh, a 10 year. And now we have an 18 month old. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, actually, Laura, that's exactly what we did. Oh, we were like, five year, good. 10 year, 15 year. Yeah. In yeah. 20, we finally did it. And even then, it was a little tricky to fit it in. And the kids yeah. are now in sports and different things. But we did it. And you're always glad you did it. You're yeah. always glad. And I love that you brought the kids and that's something I, we're just going to dive in here at, you know, traveling with kids. We talked a lot about that. I think a lot of people would be like 20 year anniversary. We're going alone, leave the kids at home. So what encouraged you or inspired you to bring them along for your 20th anniversary vacation? Now there'll always be time to go by ourselves. Won't there, Laura? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is it. This is our chance. And you know, everyone says that childhood flies by. So when you're in the middle of it, it does not feel like it's going to. And then once you hit, you know, seven, ages seven, eight, nine, then you start to think, okay, this thing's half over. Mm. And our oldest son is 15. I mean, we're just on the cusp here, right, right toward the end. And so then you start to think, oh my goodness, I, I don't have that much time left. And, and I just look at my parents, I look at my husband's parents and, and they're thriving. They're, you know, in that retirement age and, and loving life, but you know, they're not taking kids on vacations anymore. Mm -hmm. And, they're going by themselves and they have been going by themselves now for several decades. And so I know that that stage of life is coming and we will, we want to do what you're doing. We want to like go camping. We've got five kids. So we've wow. looked at some of these camper van things and could we do it? Could, you know, the buses, you know, the, the buses that get converted, those things are so cool. So that's our dream. You know, when the kids are grown, we'll get something like that and, you know, travel around by ourselves. But for now, we have them here with us and we want to capitalize on all those years. Mm, I love that so much. Kindred souls. That's our, that's our quote unquote retirement plan. We want to get a, cause we, you know, we had the van and we did it with our littlest yes. or our biggest, but we want to just get a two seater and do a ton of that when, when the girls are grown, but I love we that. Can, we can meet up we'll yeah. be 10 years ahead of you. <laughs> Perfect. You can show us all the good spots for just kind of, yeah. <laughs> And we're, yeah, we're planning, perfect. we can walk to the ferry to hop on and get across the water to Victoria, where we live, Victoria, Canada. So we are, we're planning a single night away. It's been so long for our anniversary this year, but that I can't imagine longer, like one night and that'll be my first night away from our little one. And I just, I agree. I think any longer, and it's not a judgment on anyone else's decisions, but I feel the same. It goes so fast. I want for any extended trips. Like I just don't, I don't, I don't know who, you know, it's. You, don't you want to take them? Like you want for them to yeah. see it. Yes. That's how I feel. And and then you see it also through their eyes and you're mm -hmm. there as a family making these memories that they will always have. And you will always have. We did our just recently, our first night away too. And this has been a lot longer. Our youngest is pretty clingy. So she's finally in the age where she's out of that. But we did an overnight, like one overnight to Amish country is what they call it here. Well, it's just south of us in Indiana. And it was so much fun. So just one night can be so rewarding. So yeah. I think in fun and just different. So we didn't feel like we needed two weeks away, you know, we're one, yeah. one night was great. Yeah. For me, it's like, I just want to dinner out, sit at a restaurant and like sip a glass of wine without chasing a night because my kids are so different yeah. and even we could just sit and enjoy meals for like hour plus. And he's like, let's go. So our family nights out, we like grab sourdough pizza and go to the park or like pack a picnic and go to the lake. But to yeah. sit at a restaurant is kind of a, it's, it feels like a luxury. A right little now, luxury. So. Yeah. Totally. It's the simple things. Anyways. <laughs> so I wanted my, one of my icebreakers, well, I wanted to just ask as we kick off that we've already dove in here. What, so we, I, I think I know your highlight of spring now that we're almost through summer, what has been <laughs> one 
we we do every evening at the end of the day, we do rose, thorn, bud. So highlight, challenge, mm. what you're looking forward to. So what has been a rose of your summer so far? We have this really cool place by us, Laura. It's probably, I think, I feel like it's like one of the coolest places in, you know, any length of distance. But there is this river that goes to Ann Arbor, Michigan, which is where the University of Michigan is. So it's this college town. And it's like this really vibrant college town, tons of buildings. But they also really did a good job of preserving the nature there. So there's a lot of parks and there is this river that runs through Ann Arbor. And the Army Corps of Engineers came in and at the spot where the river splits for a little bit, on one side of it, they built these nine cascading little waterfalls that you can ride. And it's called the Cascades. It is one of the coolest things. It's one of our favorite things every single summer because the kids just wear their life jackets and you ride the nine little waterfall drops. It takes maybe 10 or 15 minutes. And then you walk back to the top and there's all these pools of water that are shallow that you can sit and play in and these rock outcroppings that you can sit and talk to your friends. And so it's a, it's always a highlight of our summer. I love summer. Michigan summers are absolutely stunning and just like little things, they really Mm -hmm. add up. Yeah. I love that so much. I want to get out there at some point. We've never done Michigan, but I'll put that on my bucket list. That sounds incredible. Only come in the, only come in the summer. Yeah. That, that's <laughs> or, what I've or the fall, the very beginning of fall. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. It. Yeah. It's similar here, obviously significantly more mild, I assume, but summer is, I've mm-hmm. finally learned I've such like a, I'm an Enneagram seven. I'm like, I want to travel and go all the places and do all the things in summer. And this summer I'm like, uh, uh-uh. I have canceled trips. I have slowed way down. There's so much. We lived here for It'll be three years in October and there's still so much we haven't done and seen. There's lakes and rivers. And so it's been a great lesson in just savoring summer. Here. Yeah, we do not. We don't travel in the summer hardly. Yeah, we don't leave our state. I love that. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Okay. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about your story, how you came into this work with A Thousand Hours Outside, what got you there. Just a little bit, you know, maybe a brief kind of overview of your story from your mouth and how you got to this point. Sure. So, you know, this movement, someone was slamming it the other day. Goodness for the internet. You know, this thing that was started by this homeschool mom, blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay. Really, really what it is, is it's something that stemmed out of my own failure. And I really struggled when my kids were little. I was not thriving. And our oldest three are less than three years apart. So, you know, they were two, one and a baby at one point. And, and even really from the very beginning, even when we just had one, I really struggled because I felt like every day I was failing and I just didn't know what to do. And he cried a lot and he didn't sleep much. And they're really long days, you know, back then. And it's funny how life has changed so much. I think there's a lot of people that are working from home now, just a lot of different types of things. But Back then, way back then, 15 years ago, it's like my husband had an hour commute each way to work. He was gone for 10 hours. And those days were so long and fairly awful, I would say. Like, I was really in a dark spot being a mom of young kids. And I had come out from being a teacher and I felt like, you know, I wasn't the best teacher, but, you know, you get accolades and parents are grateful and, you know, you have these different coworkers and things. And then I plunged into the world where, Every single day, it, I'm like, I, I'm failing like all throughout the day and then all throughout the night. It just never ends. And so I was having a hard time with it because I was excited to be a mom, but didn't love it. And 
didn't really know what to do with that. And so we had enrolled because that's what other people were doing, sort of looking around to see how do people fill the time. And the programs that we did were a lot of output. So I always talk about trying to get to the library program. It's like a, you know, running a circus. You're trying to get three little kids out the door. They're all still in diapers. They're, they were all nursing for a period of time, like all three of them. That, that was bananas. You know, so they're all nursing. They're all crying. They're all in diapers. They all are in different size clothes. They're all, you know, this one's spitting up. You're trying to get out the door to go to the library. You've got your big heavy bag of books and you've got your diaper bag that's filled with all these things for these little kids. And you get to the library and you got to crawl everyone through the parking lot and you've got strollers and car seats and bags. And I mean, it's like this Herculean effort, I felt like sometimes. And then you go to the library, it's like 45 minutes. And, you know, the kids, they don't want to sit. They're not paying attention. You're trying to keep them engaged. They're fighting over the toys. I I don't know why they did that, Laura. They would always like do a big toy dump at the end. And then all the kids are like fighting over the toys. And, you know, you're trying to nurse. It's just like a mess kind of. And then you'd have to like do it all in reverse. And I would get home and it would be like 11 (laughs) a.m., you know? And I was just like, I I don't know what to do with this. And I will be exhausted and I'm still eight hours from my husband coming home. So that's how we spent the first several years of early childhood. And then by happenstance, this like the hugest blessing, our life changed on a dime because I had a friend at MOPS. So MOPS was another thing I was doing. MOPS is Mothers of Preschoolers, another program. I met twice a month and you're supposed to be able to drop your kids off and go sit and talk with other moms. So it was like a great program. Our kids always cried in the nursery, so they always brought them to me. So I always had a crying kid, but at least I was with these other moms and I had a mom at my table who was planning to homeschool. We were planning to homeschool too. And so we kind of bonded over that and her child, her oldest child was one year older than our oldest child. And so she came to MOPS one day and she said, you know, I've been researching about homeschooling. And she said, Charlotte Mason says that kids should be outside for four to six hours a day whenever the weather is tolerable. And I had no idea who Charlotte Mason was. I'd never heard of her. And turns out, I found out way later that Charlotte Mason's from the 1800s, but that like wasn't part of the conversation. We're just like, Charlotte Mason says this. So I just remember thinking that was the most outlandish idea, four to six hours, because I would think about the library program it being 45 minutes and how awful that was to try and corral the kids and keep them engaged. And so I thought, well, four hours, it would be like the library program, you know, just five or six times longer and awful. But I ended up trying it with this friend because she asked me to, and I wanted to have friends. So I said, yes. And we met at this park all the way back now in 2011. It's been over a decade that we've been spending all this time outside. So back in the fall of 2011, we met at this park in Michigan. It was beautiful out. And she said, just bring a picnic blanket and a lunch. And I thought, well, well, like, what else? What else should we bring? Because what are the kids going to do? What, you know, should we bring books? And should we bring balls? And should we bring, like, a water table and maybe some Play-Doh? But she said just to come and bring a picnic blanket and a lunch. And I just thought, well, this day is going to crash and burn. It's going to be so awful. And what I tell people is that it was the best day of my life. It turned out to be the best day of my life because... It was the first good day I had as a mom, and I've been a mom for three years, and I had not had a good day up until that point. Uh, and that what happened was, is we, that's so powerful. <laughs> 
Hello friends, Laura here popping in real quick to rave about my current favorite product from Paleo Valley. Have you tried their whey protein yet? Not only are they absolutely delicious and deeply nourishing, but bonus points because they also have colostrum, which heals, repairs, and gives our bodies the extra boost we need for motherhood, work, working out, all the things. I add it to my coffee every morning and it fuels my early morning work, my transition into motherhood whenever the kids wake up, and then my training. Cannot recommend it enough. Give it a try. Creamy, delicious, flavor-packed, and none of the junk you'll find in typical protein powders. We also add it to pancakes and oatmeal, and I look forward to smoothies this summer. Don't wait. Go grab yours and save 15% with paleovalley.com forward slash modern mamas. Enjoy. It really was powerful. Like our whole life changed in one day, Laura. I mean, it was unbelievable. The reason it was such a good day is because we spread out our picnic blankets and we were at a park. It wasn't a, it didn't even have a playground. It was just grass. And so my expectations were very low and the kids just played. And I didn't realize that that's going to sound so elementary, but I didn't realize that they could do that, that we could just go outside and that nature would engage them enough that they would play for hours. So she had two toddler preschoolers. I had two toddler preschoolers, four kids running around, and then we each had a baby. And so the babies would nurse and sleep and sit on the picnic blanket and touch the grass and do things like that. And the older kids just ran around. And when it was over, we stayed till one. We went from nine in the morning to one in the afternoon. I felt good. I'd been able to finish some conversations. I just felt refreshed for the first time ever. I felt a little energized. I felt calm. And so then we went to go drive home and all the kids fell asleep in the car, which is like a miracle at the same time. And by the time they woke up, you know, it was two, three, four in the afternoon. And then I'm, you know, I'm close to dinner and I'm close to the end of the day. And it changed my whole life and it changed our whole family's course that one day did. And, you know, it took a while, like we, we changed how we were living immediately. It took a while for me to really grasp all that was happening though, because I started to see it pretty quickly. Like the kids are sleeping better. The kids are eating better. They're not fighting as much. We're happier as a family unit. I'm happier. I'm doing better. My mood is different. So I started to see things actually right away, but the past 12, 13 years for me have been this, well, it was not quite been that long, but anyway, my math is bad. Anyway, <laughs> I used to be a math teacher, actually, so that didn't work out well. But anyway, since 2011, I started reading, and I have just read stacks and stacks and stacks of books about how simple nature time, so you can do things like you could make a scavenger hunt, or you could put some effort in different ways, but if you just go outside with your kids, and that's it, you take your blanket. It does so much for everyone in every facet of their development. So it helps their cognition and their physical abilities, emotional state, and it helps with social skills, which are so important. And so you get so much bang for your buck out there. And this has been a journey for us. We've been outside for over 10,000 hours in the past decade and have all of these core memories with our kids. And it's really just enhanced our life. Powerful. I love that. And the simplicity of it. If you just go outside with your kids, just go. That's as simple as that. That could be like the pull quote for this episode. Yeah. Just go outside. And I've learned that so much myself. And I've been so inspired by everything that you've shared. And it's so cool to see with kids that are just they're older and you were in it, you know, and 
I feel super grateful that I was able to find people like you sharing your stories so that from the get-go, that's been my MO. And I really think it's it's formed the trajectory of my motherhood experience and made it overwhelmingly positive because we just spend so much time outside. (laughs) And it's it's pure magic, especially my husband's a wildland firefighter. And so this summer, you know, I'm solo a ton and I'm working and all the things. But there are times when if I try and open my computer to get an email answered and we're all in the house, no, there's no chance. But if we are outside and I just bring my laptop and I open it, I can get a few things done and then I can play and I am way more it's just everything is easier. So And no doubt. And I'm sure, I mean, you talk a lot about how it impacted your kids and, but mentally and emotionally, I'm sure for you in that season, that was really hard. There's probably so many emotional, mental, mental health benefits for mom as well. Yeah. And I think, I think that it continues to be that way. And this has been an interesting journey for me. Like basically 1000 hours outside has really always just been me sharing my experience. Like I found something that worked for our family and it may not work for your family, but it worked for our family. And actually for the first, like I wrote about it for like several years. And when I say several, it might've been like six or seven where people were like, that's the most ridiculous idea I've ever heard. Who keeps track of how much time they spend outside? That's outlandish, whatever. And eventually though, people started to try it. And for some families, it works really well. And what's happening is just by having an intention, by having a goal, then it's at the forefront of our minds. And I make sure that it doesn't go by the wayside. I think outdoor time is something that's really easy to push to the next day or push to the next week. And all these other things are pressing, but it has worked for our family. And so what I've done is just shared our journey. And so now I've got teenagers. And what's really neat, Laura, is that it is something that benefits the whole family. Because certainly it's benefiting the kids in tremendous ways. But also for myself, I got those moments of reprieve that I really needed when our kids were little. But now, I mean, I could probably go my whole, the whole rest of my life and never set my foot outside because they have older kids and they can play indoors and they're just at an easier stage. So now it, it's keeping me accountable to make sure that I'm having these experiences and I'm getting outside and exposing myself to the morning sunlight, that type of thing. So there's been this little bit of a switch where by spending the early childhood years that way, I almost feel like it's protecting now this next stage of life where it would be very easy to not go outside because I'm not quite so desperate for that sense of relief, if that makes sense. 100% learned the power firsthand and now it becomes a priority and it's the same for me just two days ago I woke up it was the full moon and I'm sure that played into it but I woke up and I was just like we called it a low patience morning I just had I mean I was going on day 14 15 solo with them and I just every little thing I was like what is going on why is my patient so so like short right now my fuse and so Evie was off to forest school. She had a ride, thankfully. And then I just got in. We just went to the water and walked along the water and it changed the entire trajectory of my day. And I feel so grateful to have those tools for both of us. It was great for her. Then she napped awesome. And, you know, there's just so much power in that. And just knowing, having it become habitual versus something you have to like reach for. I think the habit of getting outside every day little by little, you know, people always talk about the importance of habits and how, how, I don't know how many times does it take to do something? I forget, but if going outside becomes habitual, it changes everything. And what a gift you're giving to your kids to make it, you're creating that habit, helping encourage and, and, you know, create that habit for them at such a young age that it's going to then they'll carry that with them for a lifetime. 
Yeah, sure. You you certainly hope that they use it as a tool, like you said, that they'll have times in their life that, that are difficult and times maybe when they're grieving and times when they feel lost and all those different things. And nature's always an answer. It's always a place that someone can turn to to find respite and to find restoration and to find hope, I feel like. And so, yeah, I hope it's a tool that they take with them, whether they spend this much time outside as adults or not. I, I don't know. That'll be up to them, but at least they'll have had that kind of in their bones, you know? I love it. In the bones. Awesome. Okay. Well, you've touched on this on multiple occasions over the course of all the sharing that you've done, but if you were to kind of sum it up, perhaps elevator pitch, let's say, what's, what, why is nature so important for our kids? If you were someone just to be like, Hey, sum it up. For yeah. Me. Well, I, I had no idea that it was important. I just thought it was a frivolous thing. Here's, here's what time in nature does for kids. It helps their cognition it helps their emotional state, it helps their physical bodies, and it helps their social skills. And so it's a place to go where you can find whole child development that is specifically suited for the age and stage of your kid all the way throughout their childhood when they grow. And so that's the power in it, is that it meets your kid where they're at. And so it doesn't matter even what their abilities are. And we have differently abled kids and all sorts of things nature will meet them where they're at and, and it will help with their development. And so it's extremely important. You know, it's, we got kids that are sitting for most of the day and schoolwork that takes up, mo- really, it takes up most of the day. Seven, eight hours, kids are coming home with homework and we're overemphasizing that, I think, to the detriment of the whole health of our children. I could not agree more. I taught as well. I taught high school English and I had some AP classes that I was teaching and I just couldn't believe these sophomores and the stress they were under. And they were emailing me at two in the morning saying, you know, I'm, I'm just getting to the reading and I just want to be like, go to bed. Don't, don't you dare. You know, if you're up past eight, wow. I just, I can't. And that's why we're planning to take the homeschool route as well. Sitting in a desk for that many hours a day, being forced to do that much book work and so much of it. I mean, the, I had to deviate it's very intentionally deviate from the curriculum that I was like, quote unquote, supposed to teach because I, I couldn't justifiably ask kids to read that many chapters and expect them to retain the information and sit for that long. These kids are supposed to be out running. They're still babies. I mean, a sophomore in high school, I just, so anyways, I feel that to my bones. It's the, the number of hours sitting in a desk among so many other things. It's just something has to shift. And so I feel like the work you're doing yeah. just by, if we could just get enough people, even getting their kids outside, say your kid has to go to regular school. Fine. I mean, again, no judgment that works really well for some kids and some family units, but Mm -hmm. prioritizing the outdoor time around that even is so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in those different situations and like this, I just talked to this woman named Dr. Victoria Dunkley and she wrote this book called reset your child's brain. It's a really good one. It's about screens. There's some interesting things in there that I hadn't read before and hadn't heard of. And she says that she writes prescriptions for kids to not have any homework. And I feel like that is a little bit of what the key is, is that, look, okay, like you said, people are in different situations. If your kid is going to the school for for the majority of the day, like, let them skip the homework. I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, she says, just call up and say, we don't do that. <laughs> I love it. And what if it's... 
Yeah, it feels radical, but I think, like you said, it's like some something's got to shift. Someone's got to mm-hmm. stand up for these kids. It's really not good for them to be sitting for so long. And all that stuff, like all that time, it's too much. I, I just want to say it's too much time. And I taught high school, too. Ironically, I taught math, and then I couldn't subtract back to 2011. <laughs> but, you know, I, it's too much time. And there, mm-hmm. I always talk about there is this teacher – also a high school teacher named John Taylor Gatto. And he wrote some really transformative books. He passed away in the past couple of years, but he was like, you know, 30 year New York state teacher of the year. And he won all these awards. And he said that it's well-documented that, it takes about 50 contact hours for kids to learn functional literacy. So functional literacy is the ability to read, write, and do math well enough so that you could learn anything you ever wanted to learn ever. So it's the right age and stage, right? So maybe when a kid is nine or maybe when they're 12 or maybe when they're seven, it's different for every kid, but it takes about a week and a half to to get this foundation so that they can fly and they can learn all these other things. And so it's, to me, there's people you know, it's it's such a tricky situation because the choices that we make for our kids' education are, are very filled with emotion. And so, like you said, it's like you don't want to come here and come down on people. But, but I do think we have to discuss the time component because if we only need a week and a half to get these kids to the point where they can learn whatever they want to learn, and then, you know, we take 15,000 hours of their childhood for this purpose of education – then at the very least, we don't need homework. Like, that's mm. kind of my point. Like, we don't need the homework. Like, they are 15,000 hours has already gone to it. Like, that's enough. 40 hours of the week, that's enough. Let them play. Have you heard of Foria? It's a company that is loved far and wide by folks who've had their sex lives transformed by these holistic, powerful products. And now I see why. They've been especially wonderful through this postpartum period for me when a little extra lubrication is key. Rusty and I have used the Intimacy Sex Oil with CBD and it's the perfect lube to provide all natural moisture with 400 milligrams of broad spectrum CBD to enhance arousal, soothe, and excite. We also love the Awaken Arousal Oil. And of course, all four of your products are free of added chemicals and only made from two organically grown ingredients. And you know what's sexy? discomfort-free, top-notch, pleasurable intimacy. I want to be totally honest, being married 10 years plus two kids later, sex and intimacy has definitely seen its ups and downs for us, but there's no shame in exploring different ways and products that enhance our sexual experiences, which is why we're so excited to announce we're partnering with Foria, a company using all natural and plant-based ingredients to intensify sexual pleasure and relieve discomfort. We are all about the Awaken Arousal Oil with CBD, which is a topical oil to enhance pleasure, discomfort and help increase sensitivity for people with vulvas that's me you can use it solo or with a partner and it is next level sexy time has definitely leveled up over here plus cbd used topically helps increase blood flow relax muscles and ease tension and manage discomfort gently and naturally all around wins so awesome friends i can't recommend for you enough I think it's time to treat yourself to deeper, fuller pleasure and connection, both on your own and with your partner. And these products are your ticket to all of that. Foria is offering a special deal for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order by visiting foriawellness.com forward slash modern mamas or use code modern mamas at checkout. That's F-O-R-I-A wellness.com forward slash modern mamas for 20% off your first order. Enjoy. Would you say that you're seeing a shift 
I mean, you're in it and you're watching people and you're inspiring people. And obviously your whole platform and everything you're offering, it's growing and expanding and reaching new people. I would say just from my perspective that I'm seeing a general shift, but then I don't know if that's just the bubble that I exist in, (laughs) but where people, parents are becoming a little bit more radical and, and finding. I mean, I think so. I hope so. Who knows? You know, I get emails and I get emails and messages every day. Yeah. From parents who say, I'm making this choice. I made this choice. I listened to that podcast episode. We changed. I actually, Laura, I met this this family at a conference recently. This was actually the only time I've ever heard this. And they came up and they said, you have inspired us to sell our home in the city. And we're moving to the country, to this plot of land, but we have no home there. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I, I don't remember saying that. I but okay. Don't blame me. <laughs> I, hope it, I hope it works out really well. <laughs> oh, but yeah, funny. I think so. You know, I think little by little culture changes. And I think that as we are brave and as we speak out and we say, look, we're not doing homework. And and we say that to our neighbor and our neighbor says that to their neighbor. And I do think stuff catches on and sometimes it takes a while. But I think that we do have the power as parents to change childhood, not only for our own kids, but also for others to help at least pave that way. I love it. So inspiring. Starting to hear my little one in the other room, but my husband's in there. So hopefully <laughs> she settles back down. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So on that note, you know, we're talking about school and the number of hours kids are spending in a classroom and just like that. I mean, the busy work is like, it makes my skin crawl when I even say the word, because it's like, just why on earth would we intentionally make our kids busy? There's so, and studies have showed how powerful Mm. and impactful it is for them to be quote unquote bored and like find things to do. And, Mm. and it's just, it's so important. So I want to talk more about then your alternative route because you've homeschooled and we get questions about homeschooling all the time. It's something that I'm going to be diving into fall 2024. We'll really start kick that off. We've kind of done yeah. a little bit of the unschool. You already actually are homeschooling though, Laura. Yes, like you're doing it right now. That I, you are homeschooling. Thank you. And I think that almost every parent has homeschooled. You know, every parent has homeschooled really, you know, even if it was for the first six weeks or the first eight weeks, everyone's homeschooled a little bit. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. And so what route did you take? Like you have your a thousand hours outside a year. Are you sitting down with them for a certain number of hours a day and like book learning? Is it primarily just like getting them outside and letting them, them explore their natural world as a combination? And I know you have some resources as well, curriculums and whatnot. So yeah, what's your it, general it's approach? a combination, but our general approach is that we really want to help the whole child develop. And so that happens in a myriad of ways. And so, yes, we do book work and we do some seat work and we read together. We read out loud and we read good books and they have a math curriculum, but all of it doesn't take very long. So even with five kids, maybe it takes two to three hours, even with a high schooler, there is not that much that needs to get done. And so let's say it takes three hours. Well, there's still a whole lot of the day left. And so what it does is it just provides you with time. I think that's always been my biggest thing since we sort of shifted how we were rearing our kids is understanding that kids need time. We all need time, but kids need a lot of time to develop who they are and to develop their thoughts and to develop that John Taylor Gatto says, inner resources. Like, can we draw from our inner resources when we're bored, when we're alone? What do we have down in there? And so I think if we co-opt all of the time, it leaves kids kind of lost. And 
they have a, they have struggles when they graduate. And I just was talking to, this is a big change, I think, in the past 10 years or so. I think because we've taken so much of our kids' time, they're not good at making decisions and they're not good at risk-taking and they're not very good at social relationships because we have, as adults, like directed all of their day-to-day goings. And I think it's well-intentioned. It seems like it should be right, doesn't it, Laura? Like, doesn't it seem like, look, I'm 20 years older than this kid. I'm 25 years older. It would make sense that I would direct all of their time. But... Dr. Peter Gray says kids are biologically designed to self-educate. That's how they come into the world. And we see that when they're little, but I think because we put them in school so young, we forget that, no, they have an inner drive. They want to learn, and they have specific things that they come in the world that they're passionate about. Sometimes you can see that at really young ages, you know, even as a two-year-old or a four-year-old. I mean, certainly by the time they're seven, eight, nine, you really have a good sense of, who this child is and what they want to bring to the world. And so it just goes back to that time component. I want to make sure that our kids have time to learn who they are, to explore a bunch of different hobbies and interests. And I think that that sets them up for a life that is very enriching and fulfilling for them. And one that, that, they are capable and that they have different skills. So I talked to this Dr. Jean Twangy. She wrote this book called, well, she's written a lot, a lot of books, but one of them was called iGen about the internet generation. And she says as a college professor that she gets college students that can't even make simple decisions without texting their parents. And so that's sort of where we end up if we take all the time from childhood and don't leave some for them. I think we end up with kids that are anxious. We end up with kids that are depressed. We end up with kids that don't know how to make decisions and that really struggle in their day-to-day lives. Uh, And all that, and your parents always have the best of intentions, but in Mm -hmm. seeking to like push them ahead and get them further and make more money and get that house and pay off those loans for assistance broken. I could go on a tangent. It's, It's such a disservice. And I say that with nothing yeah. but empathy and love. <laughs> yes. I, like you said, it's it's just misguided. Yeah. It's it's misguided. Like we're all coming at this with the thought of, I, I want my child to be successful. That's what we want. And I think we're sold or culture has shifted to be this thing that makes it a competition, that makes it this race, this race to college. And, you know, we are living in this very rapidly changing world. And I even feel like, all the emphasis on STEM learning, mm. like the science, technology, whatever the different things are, and coding, that was a big thing. Well, coding is being taken over by the computers. So I just think we can't focus so hard on these academic things because all of that is changing rapidly. Like what I want is I want my kids to be creative. I want them to be flexible. I want them to be able to insert themselves in different work situations because the current research says our kids are going to have four different careers within the first decade of graduating from college. So that's a lot. People used to have a career that lasted a lifetime and they don't anymore. So they're going to have all sorts of different colleagues and I want them to have quick adaptable brains. Well, all of these things happen as a result of free time. That's what they come from. A quick adaptable brain doesn't come from your worksheet and social skills don't come from sitting at a desk. All of it comes from that interplay, that sort of messy time that we're with other 
people and we're rubbing against the rough edges and we're trying to compromise and we're trying to negotiate. All of the skills I think that we need for our kids heading into a rapidly changing future, those happen outside of the four walls of the classroom. And so I think that we just are misguided and it, it just, it's like nature doesn't advertise. So but the, you know, the tuba lessons do where the French class does, like everything else advertises, but the trees don't. And so it's one of those things that's really easy to forget. That's why we have a goal. I have a book coming out in November called Until the Streetlights Come On, How a Return to Play Brightens Our Today and Prepares Kids for an Uncertain Future. And I think what I have learned over the past decade is that we can have a really good and fulfilling today And that still prepares our kids for tomorrow. I think so often we sort of sacrifice today on the altar of tomorrow. We think, oh, gosh, I've got to get my kid ready for this and that. And they're three. And are they going to, you know, if I don't get them in the soccer now, then they're going to be behind. And there's this sense of fear and sense of rush and worry. But I do think that if we live full lives today, that is what prepares us for the next day and prepares us for a full future, especially in a world that's changing like ours is. Dang. <laughs> I'm like typing, rapidly typing just like the words that you're saying because they're so powerful. And I can't wait to get my hands on that book. That's going to be amazing. When does that come out? It comes out in November. November. Okay, cool. Well, I will be sure to grab my copy and share with everyone that will listen because that, that's huge. And you know, you're talking about like this rapidly changing world, but one thing that we know is not going to change is the nature around us. So it's like to give ourselves and our kiddos like this mm. constant in a world that's forever changing. There's something to put our, literally put our ground us, <laughs> put our feet on. That's not going to change when everything else can feel so out of control. Right. And child development does not change either. Mm. It's always the same. Well, there's, there's, if you need it, there's proof that those two things should coincide and coexist, mm-hmm. you know, developing and nature. And I know I myself, since I prioritize it even more, I feel like we never stop developing, even as humans, grownups, I mean. And so Absolutely. to get ourselves outside too, my mental health has improved. So much has improved about my whole, mm-hmm. my whole world. So Yeah. And I think in this day and age that we live, we need it too. And I, I oh, think gosh, that's yeah. a good point, Laura, because decades past, actually, only the kids would go out, right? The parents would stay inside. They'd be doing work in the house. That's how I grew up. People would lock their kids out. And, and the parents would stay inside. A lot of times it was moms. And I sometimes would be jealous of that. Like when I became a parent, like I wish I could shoot my kids out the door. There's no, but there's no one else for them to play with because so, none of the other kids are outside. But so, but what I've learned is this is really enhancing my own life too. So I think that's what's going on in our culture. Like it's needed for everyone. We're in a really technological age. Like I'm sitting on the computer with you right now. So we need that balance as well. And it's something that helps the whole family. I love it. And there's that beautiful, that beautiful situation where like the technology is bringing us together and allowing you to get this information out to the world. So it's, we see it, we acknowledge it, we embrace it where we need to, but you, we have to, I know I personally have to find that balance and spend more time outside than staring at a screen. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Well, before we head out, I know you have so much going on. Summers are crazy. Are there any resources that if someone is like, I need to learn more right now that they can just go type into their browser and find you and learn more and continue sure. to continue all this um, story? Yeah. <laughs> well, 
like I said, I was a math teacher, so I'm not very creative. All of my things just say 1000 hours outside. So we're 1000 hours outside.com, 1000 hours outside podcast. We have an app, a mobile app for iOS and Android. Oh, fun. That's a top rated app. It's, it's like $2.99. It's a really cool one. Track your time, have a little journal. It's called the 1000 hours outside app. And then I actually have three books called 1000 hours outside. So that's really weird and goofy. But the new book has it. its own title. Ooh. So that's exciting. And that's coming out, like I said, in November. And then I don't know. There, I don't know if there's other things. The 1000 Hours Outside podcast. I mean, I, I so feel like that's not a lack of creativity. That is brilliant simplicity, which <laughs> coincides beautifully with everything that you're sharing. It's like, let's keep things simple. <laughs> Find everything in one place. Yeah, sure. And well, I know I have a number of friends yeah. who printed your trackers and have them on their fridge. And I just, it's yeah, I, I, free right on our yeah. website. Print them, pop them on your fridge. I know you can like color them in. The kids can have fun. I just, it's so wonderful. So thank you for doing everything that you have. Thank you for inspiring parents to get outside. Thank you for, I mean, in your own way, you are changing the world. And I cannot say how grateful I am for that. So thank you. Well, thanks, Laura. I appreciate those kind words. I love what you are doing. I love the podcast episode that we did together. And it's always great to connect. Love it. Okay. Well, enjoy your day. Enjoy the rest of your summer. And I'm sure you you and I will chat soon. Thank you. And we'll see each other in 20 years. I can't wait. Our- I don't know what to say. Thanks for listening to our podcast. See you next time. Thanks for listening to our podcast. See you next time. Bye.